Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Films D Podcast, Episode 5. I'm your host, Richard Thomas, content creator of FilmsD.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, all of that backslash FilmsD. Films, F-I-L-M-S-D-E-E. I'm here with my co-host, co-producer, as well as engineer and editor of Films D Podcast, Joe Walters. Here again, as he was last episode, is... Charles J. Williams. Hi. I have a correction to issue. My bad brother last episode. I, I did call you the Black Marx Brothers, but uh, <laughs> I was okay with that. Yeah, specifically I meant Groucho Marx. Okay. And while I did say that they were responsible for creating the uh, the Who's skin, on first? Who's yeah. on first? It yeah. was not them. Okay. It was Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Cool. I guess I didn't ask this to you, Charles, last time. I don't know which um, I wanted to ask you 10 things that are essential to uh, the role of a DP in a film. 10? Give me, give me at least five. Okay. Um, five things that must be done. Um, you have to be, you and the director need to be in sync, first of all. I think that's probably the most important thing. You and the director have to have a relationship, so I think it's important before you even start shooting for you all to be together and have a conversations and talk about it because, like, it's you and the director's job to bring the writer's ideas to life, and so you all need to be on the same page. So if you have a conversation and the director sees one thing and you see another thing, when you get on set and you start putting your camera and your set together, uh, put it together and it looks completely different from what the director and the writer want. It's not going to work. You're going to have a big old mess. You're going to have power trips. So, yeah, you and the director need to be have some type of relationship and understanding of what you're going to go for. Uh, that's one thing. You know your equipment. Okay. It's it, KYP, know your personnel. KYE, know your equipment. Know what you're talking about, or at least have people around you who know what they're talking about. You know, they say if you're the smartest man in the room, you're the dumbest man in the room. As in, you hire folk who know what to do. If you know there's a certain look that you want to go for, know that you have hired the right people to do the get the job done and i think it's smart for you to know it as well so you may not know exactly how to operate a red camera you may not necessarily know how to operate a re but you need to know what's going to happen with it i think it's good because you understand it because like when it comes down to it that you're looking at you're looking at your shot and you're like hmm that's kind of overexposed but your camera operator like says it's fine but if you know if he just threw like an ND filter on there, it would make it so much better. That is what sets you apart because you understand that you have knowledge, you have wisdom at that point. I think that's 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 important. Um, number exhort three. your authority, but still without becoming a douchebag. And there's a probably a better way I can phrase that, but like letting people on set know that this is your set. 
that things things are the things are going to go the way that you want it to go but don't come off like a jerk or asshole you know what i'm saying there's a way to be firm and without being mean and and there, I know there are points in times on set where people are kind of just barking orders and people can take that the wrong way. And I know personally for myself that there is a mode that I can slip into where I'm just giving out orders. But I still try to say, please. I, I, it's like a conscious thing with me. I was like, hey, can you get that tripod? Or you get that tripod for me. Thank you. I'll, I'll be like, hey, set, set, set that tripod up for me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And like oh, it was like five seconds in between, but because it's an instinct for me. Because like yes, I need you to do exactly what I tell you to do, but I I still recognize that you're a human, mm-hmm. and I think you're more likely to want to go an extra mile for me because I'm not treating you like you're an idiot. Even if you screwed up, and I may reprimand you, like no, do it right the first time. You know what I'm saying? I'm still gonna have a conversation with you about how to do it. You know what I'm saying? So like. I think being a good leader is is very important as well. Like understanding how to motivate and how to get the best out of your crew without without defaming their character. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Study, 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 and watch stuff. And don't just watch films. Watch television. Watch web series. Watch commercials. Watch. You know, I that's one thing I do all day long. Like whenever I'm watching anything, I'm breaking down the shot. I'm like. Why did they choose this angle? Like the spatial relationship between the two characters, uh, hierarchy. You know who is was was one higher, one is tall, taller. You know, like studying and understanding the art, the artistic nature of what photography is, because the definition is is director of photography, right? Mm-hmm. Just think about that like, name, director of photography. But you're you're shooting films. It's not photography, so you. A photo is a still. So you have to create the best looking picture for this frame. You know what I'm saying? What's going to look good? And the same thing for as a, for a photographer. You have to set the shot up. Set, set the shot up properly. So you're creating a beautiful photo. And what are the elements of a good photo? Good depth of field. Good spatial relationship. Good you know, good headroom. Those are good photos, but now you just have to translate it into translate it into movement. So you literally have to like understand good artistic, art, good artistic practices when this doing thing. this. And the only way, one way you can do that is just by studying, by like watching a lot of TV, watching a lot of movies, listening to interviews, going look finding tutorials online. Uh, just and just you're you're constantly learning, and because what you'll do is you'll see, you'll see a, a crazy shot like, oh that's cool, I'm gonna use that, and now what it happened to when you when you like kind of out and about, you start seeing how you can shoot in different places. I know that's one thing. One thing I do whenever I'm like if I'm in a location that's new to me, that's really cool. I'm like oh man, I wonder what it would look like from this angle, or if what happened if I did like a tracking shot just in here randomly. So like yeah, studying and your brain will start to work in a way that start to develop ideas for films. Thank you for that. This, now, so that would have been a way I think better answer. I think there's one more there, that so? maybe you can give an answer to. I'm gonna ask you this: okay. What can they do for themselves? Like how can they even get opportunities in the first place? What do they? How do they? How do they identify those type of opportunities to be on set as a assistant to a DP so that that one day they or how do you get 
that opportunity to be a DP on a project. I know I gave you a verbal that you can be on my project, but how does anybody get on anybody's project? The moment what you want to do, regardless if it is film, or if it's film, if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, whatever your aspirational goal that you have, the moment you start, you really start taking it seriously, all you can really do is prepare yourself. All you can really do is start learning because if you are putting out there into the world into the universe that this is what you want and you are showing that you're working at it to learn to get better at it it's gonna find you so like so when you are when you are having a conversation with someone yeah when you are speaking speaking with somebody, yeah, it's gonna that conversation will come up, and you right. be random. You could be at a random coffee shop, bump into somebody, start having a general conversation, right? And the topic of what you do comes up, and you say, "Well, I'm an aspiring filmmaker," and that person just happens to be working in the studio. Those things happen all the time. They happen to me anyway. And you need to be ready. So yeah, basically that's all it is. I remember last year. I was I had a bit of a struggle of like what I wanted of like getting job or work whatever it is but all I can do was just like the phone is going to ring because I know the work I'm putting in the work what I put out there this is what I want to do the phone is going to ring so all I can do is prepare myself for when it rings so mm-hmm. that means writing writing and shooting and going out to practice and 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 studying up on my craft and understanding the newest, the latest technology and making sure my reel is updated and make sure my resume is updated. All I can do is prepare for myself to make to work so I can work at my best ability. And when the phone rings, you know, I'll, I'll be ready for it because it's going to because you already put it out there. That's what you want. And, you know, that's what has worked for me. So literally just being prepared is what you can do. And start speaking to folks. Start doing things to put yourself in those rooms. You know, so you can have conversations other than just sitting at home, being by yourself, and just keep telling yourself, "This, I, I want to do this. I want to do something. I want to do this." But you ain't did nothing. You ain't did nothing. You know, so you can sit at home all day long and say, "I want to. I want to play basketball." You know, and all but the only thing you're doing is dribbling the basketball in your backyard. Who gonna know you playing basketball? Unless you're going out and playing back. But if you're going out to courts, if you're going out to the gym, if you're joining some AAU league or if you having balling with your friends where people can see you so people can say, oh, he's good, you know what I'm saying? Do you think moments like this somebody needs an agent or they can just get out there on their own? I mean, an agent helps, but an agent, agent can only do so far. An agent can put you in a room. For, an agent's job, an agent's true job, Mm-hmm. It's to be only to be a bridge yeah. between the money and the productions and you. But once you have used them across that bridge, it's up to you to walk across the bridge. You know what I'm saying? And if you're not in shape, if you're not, if you're not right, ready, if you ain't ready, you can't, you can't even cross the bridge or you can, you, you'll half ass cross the bridge. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So you got to be ready. So yes, getting an agent will help. But the agents will come. The management will come. All that stuff will come to you. But it ain't going to come to you if it ain't ready, if, if you ain't ready for it. Without getting too spiritual, you know what I'm saying? Like, God didn't give you much more that you can bear. Well, if you put out the word that you can bear this, 
He's gonna give it to you. But you gotta be ready for it. You gotta you gotta take it, you gotta take it, take it. And I can only say this because I've been in the position where I wasn't ready for it. I've been in the position where opportunities have come for me and I've lost gigs and I've lost jobs and I've lost money because I was just half assing or I didn't take it as seriously. But there were also times where I was taking myself seriously and I was studying and I was trying to do just do better every single day about my craft and I have benefited from that greatly because I made a promise and it's in a vow to myself like this is what I want to do this is what I want to do in my life I enjoy this I don't want a regular gig so I started preparing myself for what I wanted until it happened and that was a little over a year ago and prime, like I said prime example Last summer, I was like, you know what? I like the idea of DP. I like that I when I started learning out what it was. Before yeah. the year was out, I had, three, I had I had DP three films. Okay. Not to say that's, that's going to happen every single time, but like the yeah. fact I put it out there and I prepared myself and I was ready for it, and God gave it to me because I knew I, I knew this is what I wanted. And I worked for it. Right. So if you want, if this is something that you want to do, it ain't going to be easy. But if you are willing to put in the work and put in the fight and hustle up and even though it's cold as hell outside still fight to get to the studio if it's i i just have to have a meeting or whatever it is if you're not willing to put if you're willing to put all that in and hustle for it and go through that struggle the end results are, are, mar- are marvelous and i can say that right now because i'm enjoying myself right now i am enjoying working and learning and understanding about what I want to do with my life, and now, now I have an agent now, who is who is getting me more jobs and stuff like that. Nice. Only because I'm ready for it. Yes. What's up? So, that's what you could do if this is what you want to do. Thank you for that word, bro. That, and that's and thank you for the energy to the podcast. No problem. I mean, yeah. That like, momentum. Yes. Yeah, so like so. Yeah, You've been bringing yeah. in that momentum since you. Uh, <laughs> Last year, yeah. everything's going, you know, your way. Yeah, my momentum was kind of late. So, like, you know how everyone gets, like, that fresh energy, like, at January 1, like, yeah, new year, new me, you know what I'm saying? Right. Mine came about, like, the 5th, you know So like, about, about five or six days where I started feeling a little bit of energy, and I've been on a tear ever since. So, like, yeah, my hours of operation are completely opposite from everybody else. Hey, and our, our podcast has picked up a whole new level of energy just mm-hmm. because of me ask you that i wanted to ask you that on the last podcast i was um listening to it and i was like you know what i forgot to ask charles this that's question. okay i really enjoyed doing that podcast that was really fun uh my my i let my brother my brother he listened to he's like yeah man you did some things and he and he gave me some good critiques on what i could change and what i could say and and one one thing he told me to say uh and, th- and that was frustrating him is that he felt like i was separating myself from when you asked about the question about black youth and black filmmakers, what are this? Yep. Got, with, I kind of know. I, I kind of know where you're going with this. But go. He, he was saying that I felt like I was just kind of like talking about these folk as if I wasn't one of them. And that was that. I I I, I will blame myself for that one. I think that I should have followed up that question with something more. But we were toward the end of the podcast, mm-hmm, I and I you. was in a wrap up mode. And what I explained to him is like, ah, if that was how it came across, that's not that wasn't my intent. No, and no, no, it wasn't. It, and I, it, I should have given you an opportunity to follow it up because by asking you another question, right? And for, for the and for the clar- clarification sake, I mean, like, yes, I am one of them, but I'm also the idea. The, the whole premise was opportunity and them having opportunity, 
And me, I had access to opportunity. So in a way, I am a bit different, but I still had to go through the same. I had still had struggles to go through as a black male. And I, I'm an alternative black male, essentially, because I, I don't fit that mold that's out there. But I still, you know, I had a certain different circumstances and I had I was able to go to a good school and I had access to teachers and I had access mm-hmm. to friends and people to help me out with that. And what I'm saying is because I had that access. Yeah, I am where I am right now. Not all of us have that access. Right. So if I can create a lane, if I can help bridge that gap between person and access, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Nope. So, um, with that being said, I also would like to introduce Chris Clark, aka Citizen X. Once he returns, he yeah, had to his, step out yeah, of the room yeah, to his, take a phone call. His agent just called, so we got. Oh, yeah, word. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just would like to um before we get into any of that mm-hmm. um i would like to first and foremost i know that you are aware of the recent uh, announcement of the oscar nominations for mm-hmm. this year's mm-hmm. academy awards yes you know about the uproar from black twitter <laughs> and oscar so white is mm-hmm. the hashtag is there's free. a there's an awesome photo that's been going around about it, it it really shows what it's like it's like a it's like a one of those photo mosaic grids of all the people who was nominated and it's literally all white it's like good 50 people in like one photo of pictures and they're all white it's like it's one thing to like hear about it but to see it just like that it's like it's it's very similar to the one post that came out a long time ago when they said like when they showed all the same the same girls from like the Fox News anchors mm-hmm. and they were all blonde blonde uh hair with blue eyes mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah like word <laughs> your agenda is very apparent you know what I'm saying so but right. yeah right yeah I, I I often feel the same way even when I look at like the when I like apply for jobs or anything like that, you see that in the regular world. It's not mm-hmm. just a reflection of the mm-hmm. academy. It is kind of a reflection of society as a whole. Like you look at startup companies. I mean, the same thing happens in the tech industry out there on the West Coast mm-hmm. where you will look and see the entire staff photo and it's just nothing but white people. Dude, like. Th- or if there is a mix of some kind of race, they mm-hmm. look like they're like yes men. Like right, they, yeah. Nobody that comes to the team with ideas. I, I, I peep it. In so many ways, so I. These the, are supposed to be the liberals, right? So like these are be, supposed to be the free thinkers. Check like this out. Check this like, out. So, why? so Showtime has a new show called Billions that just came out. You heard about it? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I watched the. I watched the. Yeah, Paul Giamatti. Um, I don't, that's the that's the main Paul character. Uh, but when in the first episode, you can I, you can you can already see it, right? And and I can and I can't not ignore it. So. Um, you're introduced to these characters, and I'm not gonna wait with any spoilers. But one of the first characters you see is this black female, and um, she is kind of schooling this one guy on like what he should not be doing, right? And then, so you think, oh, maybe she's a main character or whatever it is, because like just how dominant her role has been portrayed already. But then the the Paul Giamatti character comes in, and then and then another white guy assistant follows him. And then she fades out, and you really never hear from her again. And then there's another Asian character, and you can tell by the spacing of where these characters are, based like who they are. You know what I'm saying? So you have the, the main white dude, 
and then his assistant and the other, and the white and the Asian guy off to the side. And then you never see these characters ever again. And then the rest of the show is all white. So it's like, I don't know if it's intentional because what the show is about, but it's just like word, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, you, you can, I don't know if it's a manipulation or if it's on purpose, but like, J- Jada Pinkett, she uh, had her. Did you see her like post today? Yeah, I, um, I was reading Hello Beautiful. Um, the writer, uh, Sonia Esrick, mm-hmm. uh, Edridge. Uh, sorry if I mispronounce your name, Sonia, but she said, uh, how Jada Pinkett's really fed up. Uh, I'm just gonna read it verbatim. Jada Pinkett is so fed up with the Academy for snubbing black artists. She asked Twitter, um, should people of color refrain from participating altogether in the awards? And People, she then went on to say that people can only take in uh, the treatment of us. Sorry, people can only treat us in the way in which we allow, with much respect, in the midst of disappointment. Um, hey everybody, this is uh, next. My bad, I had to. Uh, yeah. It's all good, bro. We, we gave you an introduction, still, nevertheless. Oh, I appreciate it. What's up? Um, I would just say, um, me, me as an artist, uh, at this point. I've kind of my my whole ideology around making art now is I never I don't think any any artist of color should make anything um, with the intentions of trying oh, I'm trying to get an Oscar or the Grammys um, because I feel like these institutions in general have kind of made it clear um, that we're not you know we're most of the time we're not we're not considered or even thought of when it come when they get ready to uh nominate people for awards or anything so because it's I two mean, years in a row yeah i mean and so it's like i i feel like just i mean the most important thing make your art for the people i mean i don't don't it, don't make it with the the aspiration of of approval of a group of people that clearly, you know, don't really take and take your creativity, your art, your perspective into account, no matter how great it is, is perceived to be. No, the shit always looks forced to me. And that that's how I, I, I like the way you put that. It does seem forced to me, even not just in the world of art, of film and motion pictures, but in the music industry. It seems like there are a lot of artists that try to force that kind of. I'm trying to win awards. I'm trying to get acknowledgement. I'm right. trying to get this promo. And Kanye kind of had a point where it's like this helps mm. with taking your career to another level sometimes. If you're yeah. a new and upcoming artist and then like you're being critiqued amongst all of these other artists that are either established or they have so much clout behind who they are as a person, mm-hmm. as a creative. Um, but there are plenty of times where I just feel like even black artists or not even just artists, period. They put put out films right at that time. Like I want to be able to make award season. Right, I mean, right. admittedly, Netflix even did that with Beast of No Name. Yeah, that was purposeful. Like they oh, had yeah. already bought acquired the rights for that to be just on Netflix. They were like, we want to try to get awards for this show, right? For this uh, movie. Honestly, I don't think it deserved awards for, for Idris specifically because of the fact that he was not the main character in the film, nor was he a strong like supporting role. In the, the process long. of how the main character made his decision to change at the end, and that, in my uh, personal opinion, is mm. how you're supposed to interpret who is the supporting character right. or actor. Okay. Your mm. supporting actor is the person that goes com- that helps the main actor 
make that change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Go ahead, girl. I'm sorry. Uh, since you bring up Netflix, um, my take on this whole issue is, I mean, I know that um, it's important that, you know, artists and you know, filmmakers shouldn't have to strive for awards. I mean, mm-hmm. awards, that shouldn't be the, you know, right. the mm-hmm. main, you know, thing. That, Absolutely. Um, but I think it's, um, if you look at, you know, like, and, I, and I've said this before, but I, if you look at like what Netflix and Amazon and Hulu, as an example, what they offer, a lot of the story, a lot of the films and uh, TV shows and whatnot that they offer on mm-hmm. there feature mainly white characters. You won't see black or the amount of content featuring black, Latino, Asian. And what you will see from black artists uh, on Netflix, specifically the original content, is comedies. Like mm-hmm. the comedy specials. Yeah. Like yeah. you got Chris Rock. Uh, not Chris Rock. I'm so sorry. Ed, Eddie. Um, Chris uh, Rock is the host Chris of Tucker. Oscars. Chris Tucker. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I just want to make a point that there's a connection between the avail- availability of the content on these shows as well as like with Oscars because the people that, you know, control the nomination process for the Academy because most of the votes, you know, uh, most of the films are nominated by the execs mm. and, and whatnot. A lot of them are older white guys in the late 60s well these are the same people that run the companies and they they choose so which films are these the I same get, kind of guys you know, that come from the class of individuals that consider themselves like friends of donald trump or donald sterling <laughs> well, they may not necessarily be friends of donald trump or donald sterling i mean i don't i i'm just saying like at some point, this has to, uh, the issue yeah, and, with, you know, representation. And how and the point I want to... Idris addressed I mean, that um, in that video that I showed earlier um, at the MPS uh, in England, mm-hmm. UK. He gave a speech about the need for more diversity, specifically in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and Spike Lee stood up and decided he was going to boycott the Oscars because of the fact that there is no representation uh, of any people of color, um, specifically at the uh, Oscars this year. And it's not even just a people of color issue. It's even a, a women's issue. Yeah. Um, uh, there is a there's OK. Let's take a step back here for a second, because like with to some folk and some people there there may be. This may be us race baiting, right? Because there's always that there's always that confidence. Yeah, and I'm trying to get us away from that. That's why I'm not. I'm and, not. And, and I, I don't I, like how that happens either, exactly. especially with black people. Like we decided, like we're the victims in all these right. situations. Right. There's, there's, like, there's, 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 there's a point. There's a point. There's a point. And we get mad when people not on our side. Right. There's a point I'm trying to get at with this one. All right. Because like sometimes you have to really think about it, whether or not we are race baiting or we are pulling the race car, whatever it is. So. 2015, right? No nominations. 2014, no nominations. Oh, we had nominations in 14. We did? Yeah, Lupita won. Lupita. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And we got this. Uh, this okay, so this. John t- Legend in common for this. Uh, totally. Song, t- you, you, dropping, yeah. you dropping Lupita's name still proves my point. So okay. the, the roles in the movies that are getting nominated, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. we, 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 would, we wouldn't think about it. So, all right. Actors and actresses who have won mm-hmm. Denzel. Hallie, Jamie, uh, Lupita, uh, Sidney Poitier, um, who is the is a um, lady? Who Viola played Davis? Man, uh, huh? Viola? Who are you talking about? Not Viola Davis. Or, oh, um, the maid in uh, yeah. Gone with the Wind. I can't think. Oh, she's, oh, she's Mammy, like a Mammy uh, character. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, she, uh, she, uh, she, uh, 
start with H. Yeah, but uh, when I the, so those so those Patty right so those actresses and, and movies Just that were made, all of them that won was about black hardship. Hmm. The, the what was the last film that won? Twelve Years a Slave, Slavery. Lupita won for playing a slave. Denzel won for playing a crooked cop. <laughs> Halle Berry won won for pretty much being a drug whore. Yeah. Now this big Ray Charles won for biopic of Ray Charles. I mean, yeah. I mean Jamie yeah. Fox, you know. So that, that was also a year where Chris Rock was the host of the Oscars. And he the, during his entire promo, mm-hmm. I don't know if you recall, during the promo he was talking about how Jamie ought to better win an Oscar for best actor in Ray. <laughs> and if he didn't, he was going to take an award from one of the uh sound producers mm-hmm. or one of the visual designers <laughs> and give it to Jamie. Right. Somehow I mean, Jamie leaving with the best act, uh, Oscar. Right, that night. dude. It's 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 crazy that you you can't not notice that. Right. Like all the films that we have been nominated nominated for, not the good stuff, and especially Especially now, when we have these amazing these amazing um, roles, right? We had Michael B. Jordan and Fruitvale Station playing a boxer. You got Will Smith playing a foreign doctor. You I got, think that Will Smith film was honestly a Oscar bait. What? Whatever. And, yeah. You know exactly, but it still didn't make it though. It didn't make it because it's a film about the NFL, and the NFL Super Bowl happens but, at the same time as this event. Regardless, so the, regardless of content, the content is not is not my point. My point is there were other roles outside of your traditional black roles of being a slave, of being a musician, of being uh of being in hardship. I'm sorry, I forgot about Precious. Uh, a, a problem, you know, with Mo- Monique and stuff. Oh like yeah, Monique. You yes. know what I'm saying? So like, here we are. We we've we've been given these amazing other uh, other outside roles for us to do, but even then, we still aren't recognized. Like, you also got to recognize, um, um, John Ridley. He was the screenwriter for Twelve Years. He won Best Screenplay. Okay, great. But but and, still, but like he won because he wrote on a film, a film about slavery, and I'm, and I'm not. I'm not upset about the film itself, but it's like that's the one that gets acknowledged. Like we are more than slavery. We are more than struggle. This we, is true. Then, so I ask you, this is going to be a real crazy question because I i don't think any of you may have looked at this film this way. I just was reading this article in the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Star Wars is called The Street? Okay. Uh, you think Star Wars, the Force, of, have y'all all saw it, right? Yes. Yeah, I saw it. You think Star Wars Force Awakening is racist? Uh, Let's pause ten seconds for spoiler alert. Because if you haven't seen the movie, stop listening now. Oh yeah, true, true. If you ain't yeah, seen the call. movie, you shouldn't be listening to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just, true. All right, cool. So that's yeah, not time. So uh, yeah, yeah, go get a life, man. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be listening uh, to this podcast if you ain't seen that movie. Uh, anyhow, do, I don't but care do, about do we, spoiler do alert. Do we think, think Star Wars? I need y'all to be able to think about this question. Really reflect on it for a second. Finn, oh, is he a stereotypical oh, black? He, the streets in the article. So Finn is a stereotypical black male who was ripped away from his family and forced to work for his captors. Finn's story cast him as what is known as a slave or a prisoner. Even his name was given to him by his master, FN 2187. A moment, and then he had a moment like Kunta Kente where the pilot uh, of the rebellion gave him a new name and he accepted it. He had no fighting skills and he was was essentially like pointless. Like, 
what makes him essential to the plot is what made Django essential to fucking the, the Django. He knew he uh, he knew some insider information about some shit that the main the other characters needed to know in order to defeat the main uh, the main villain. Mm-hmm. He was a janitor for the Star Killer, and he knew how to destroy the motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. And then every time, every then in almost every moment, he was in a scene with Ray. He was chasing her. He almost died every time. It was like they was like you can't have. This this white woman, like you, you, you gotta play into the stereotype of like white men don't want you to be in with this black girl. Wow. Did you um, ever look at that plot in uh, that manner? And I'm and, reading um, this okay, is me reading okay. this from the street. I'm reading this from the street. This is the writer from the street. That Sorry, sounds, I, that sounds hilarious when you say the street. Um <laughs> okay, so I'm one who likes who I look for the racism, right? Like Did you I, see that? Yeah, I feel like you stretching though. I, Who's stretching? I, 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 I get, I get not you because you didn't write the article, but wh- wh- whoever's from the street. Wrote but this. these points are on point. Like, what did Finn really do that made him like a true hero uh, in the film? Okay, his, his, I think. Okay, when it comes down to it, and this is me talking from a scriptwriter's perspective. Uh, every script, uh, the whole point. One of the things that makes uh, film. Stories powerful in general is the transformation of a character over the course of the film, mm-hmm. um, which we did see with Finn. Really? Somewhat. So wait, 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 wait. Let him finish. What? Let him finish. Only Let him finish. Because. Let him finish. Only, okay. Let him finish. No, I have a uh, okay. Okay, only because in in the beginning, uh, they they made it very apparent from the time they sat down, uh, in in the bar with uh Lupita's character. He's very self-centered, very cowardly. Like I don't want to do this. Even when this Harrison Ford was talking to him, like trying to get him to catch the like the I can't remember. It was something on the sideline. He was like, "Look, look." He was hand gesturing. And Finn was like, "I don't, I don't know what you're doing." He was he looked <laughs> clueless, dude. He just looked like a buffoon. He he was playing into yeah. all the stereotypes of a, a black character in the in the. Um, World of cinema. I don't. I don't, I mean, I don't want to say that. I was. I was saying. Yeah. It was. It was a very legit thing. Of, I've seen how how powerful they are. I don't. You know. This is an adversary. You don't want to take on. Uh, no. This is. I'm not a hero. This is not what I do. Now. To, I will. I will give him the the writing credit in the sense that that kind of storyline was very uh, resemblance of uh, Harrison Ford's uh, Han Solo character yeah. in uh, the first New Hope. Yeah, in New Hope. He mm-hmm. was like, I'm not, I'm not doing yeah, this. I'm I mean, through. He was essentially like Harrison Ford. Yeah, exactly. At that moment. But he was essentially like Harrison Ford. Is, he was being a, a but I, I feel like, I, I feel like in the fact that he kind of eventually uh, ended up, of course, having to face down Kylo at some point. I mean, I, I, I that's it's, I feel like it's been done in a lot of other movies where the where the main character wasn't of color, uh, where like the person is forced to face their fears and they're kind of pushed into that uh, heroic position. So I, I he don't wasn't know a hero. How... But yes, he was. Okay. Yes, he, he wasn't. wasn't a hero. Okay, just let's break down just just, just be just okay let's just because just we don't have to break down the last fight. He he got knocked out. But that, but the it's Look, it's about the deeds. It wasn't so much about oh how successful he was necessarily. I yeah, mean, he, he sacrificed he, himself. He he, he, he tried to fight. He was like, I got this, yeah. and then he got his he, ass whooped. 
Because Kylo was like, I want that lightsaber. And Kylo and um, Finn was like, come get it. And then they fought. <laughs> no, yeah, but he wasn't. He, no, like he, he went down he like a bitch, in my opinion. I don't care. No, no. If he wasn't, he would have been. I, okay, okay. First, wait. First of all, but before we so continue this conversation, Rich, did you like Star Wars? I did like Star Wars because I feel like there, I feel like this conversation is rooted in not like for the movie. We just look for reasons <laughs> to talk shit about the movie. I mean, because I feel like there, there, you. This is my only dislike thing <laughs> for the movie, and it's that people are. I don't at this point. But, my argument is that Finn is not um, a Jedi. He doesn't have the. He doesn't have a force. Yes, like he's, he does. He's, um, you have to have. Yes, he you, does. You, you, yeah, you have to have metachlorians to, to start a lightsaber. Actually, I'm pretty sure you you have to have you have to have some some higher some high degree of metachlorians. Okay, in order to and use the other part what? is he's not the main character. Huh. He's huh? not the main character in the who, film. Who, Finn? Finn. So uh, I'm going to shit on him because he's a supporting role. The main character is the one that I was rooting for, and that's what? the girl, right? So For not a main did. character, he got a lot of screen time. He did. He did get a lot he of screen time, but the story... No, they, he, I'm not saying... I'm talking about the story. If you, if we're, you, you're oh, both... Yeah, you're a screenwriter. It's about the Skywalkers. It's about the Skywalkers. Right. It's not about Finn. Okay. All right. So that's fair enough. That's why I'm like going to... Speaking I don't, of which, I, don't I really hope she's that, not his daughter. No, Who's I feel daughter? like I feel like there there was something online somebody was talking about. She's more than likely, she spoiler ahead of course. Uh-huh. Uh, she's Obi Wan Kenobi's granddaughter, or a daughter. Uh, that's 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 what people have have been saying online. Yeah. Um, okay. And they, and it, I mean it kind of makes sense. Um, but to the to the point of main character supporting character, I feel like. I don't. I don't feel like that's what they were going for. I feel like I feel like they tried to share the screen with those two fairly equally, um, but did Ray come out the more likable character, the more the focused? Yeah. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. and you know that whole her knowledge of the Force thing got to be a little ridiculous at points, but that's that's a on a whole nother. Yeah, it that's did. Another, yeah, that's another yeah. topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. um so yeah, that, I, I wanted to bring that up because I, I I was reading this article and it just made me say, hmm. I never looked at it that way. Not to say that I agree wholly with it, and I'm not sure that all of y'all and you're sitting over there still kind of you're on well, you're on the fence about it I, because <laughs> I feel like and because this totally goes into what we were just talking about before, like when race painting and like trying to find the racism in things when there may or may not be. There's always gonna be some underlining things, but like. I think it's just important for us to question whether or not the race car can be pulled here. I think, and I think if you have an accurate discussion and you present the facts, that's when you can come up with the conclusion of there is a problem here. And so, for the point of the Oscars, if you once again, if you go down the list of the films that have won, or the people that have been nominated, and the type of roles that have been nominated, they're all detrimental to the black character people in a sense you know what i'm saying they're about they're about our struggle they're about us uh, living in these terrible situations they're about us you know like being slaves or being poor or or relying so upon my question Billy, for or, you, or relying it, upon billy bob thornton to so give us orgasms for you and shit. Is, like, my question for you is sorry. is was, it ever wrong for someone that is not of that race to pull the race card George Lucas, for example. No. So you you see someone like that as an advocate? Yes. 
I don't think I don't think like that because that goes into like the the discussion of white allies, quote unquote, right? And I have a big problem with people who are against white allies. At first, of all, I think that's stupid because if we yelling out "stop killing us," you know what I'm saying? We 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 yelling out "yo," like stop putting us into these categories. We yelling out "da da da da," right? It's only so much we as one single people can do, right? It's because you gonna gravitate to what you know, and you know what I'm saying. So it's like you have like the you have like the far the far left and the far right, and like without getting too political, right? So people on the far right, and I'm not talking like politics is concerned. I'm thinking far far. I mean far right as in like a state of mind of white supremacy above all other races. Da 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 da. da right? It's dumb people's mind ain't gonna change. You know what I'm saying? People who was th- was thinking about voting for Trump the minute he said he's gonna run, them minds ain't gonna change. On the other spot in our is would be us as a people essentially, you know, what I'm saying preaching to mm-hmm. us about black power and black struggle and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. We already know, you know, what I'm saying the four of us could have a conversation about these topics, and like, yeah, I understand it. Yeah, I understand it. Where progress, and if I would, hope, I would hope this fight we're going for is towards progress. If we want progress, it's going to be those conversations with people who don't know and who are at least questioning or willing to listen. And if you have, if someone has been like enlightened and they have achieved that goal, you know what I'm saying, of understanding and they can give a better answer, you know, then they should be able to speak upon it because then that means we made progress. That means you didn't know now you are aware you've changed your ways you no longer are doing racist acts and you are supporting our cause and then you are speak upon it because like especially you definitely should speak upon it because now you know what it looks like it could what it looks like to 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 be racist because you once were you know what i'm saying it's like it's like a drug addict counseling another drug addict because or a former drug addict counseling another drug addict because they know what it's been like because it's relatable so i think and I think it's wrong of us to say they, we don't need your help. We don't need that. No, we do. Because it's all about unity at this point. It's all about love at this point. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, yeah, I, George Lucas coming out and speaking upon it. First of all, George Lucas' wife is black. So he definitely know. So he probably hit his conversation <laughs> from her every single day. Right. So, yes, I think it is appropriate for him to say that if he is educated enough because the whole point is educate folk yeah and and i also would say too i mean uh robert de niro said something similar last year uh about him not going to the oscars because it's too white well he's he has a black wife too yeah he has a black wife as well so i mean they like he said they 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 they, (laughs) they they can kind of identify with you know and, and and take more notice to that inequity, that clear inequity. Um, and you know, I, I agree. I I agree with what what he just said about we we need uh, we need that that that's a, that is definitely a sign of progression because um, it doesn't make sense to to exclude them. I mean, if you if you if you look even if you go all the way back to the original civil rights movement. There were um, white allies back then, right? Um, and it, and it just goes to the fact too, like uh, like you said, um, there are certain people 
um, that you and I, we can talk to and, you know, deeply affect and they can, you know, change their change their view on some things or at least have a, a transformative view then at that point. But there are certain people that only they can reach. Right. And it's like that the those who are living in their bliss, they're not necessarily like racist or or against uh, minorities, whatever, but they are blissfully, blissfully ignorant. You know what I'm saying? But it, it, it yeah. and like, and like you brought up the civil rights movement. It like it wasn't until you know they they started filming the how people were getting treated, and it was on TV. People was like, "Yo, that's messed up." And like the human aspect was like enlightened by a certain folk, or even like, and not even on this like, it's, and this is not even. Hold on, for like so what like for like with Selma, right? They yeah. when they started advertising on television, what's really going on? Like, oh man, that's really messed up. Let me start saying something against this. You know, so that's when start, things started to change. Same thing with the Vietnam War. Like, we knew we were at war, but when they started advertising, they started showing people getting blown up. Like, yo, this is really messed up. These hippies got a point. You know what I'm saying? Progress. So I, I'm just gonna ask this question, yes. and then we're gonna take a break. Once cool. you think about it before we come back, okay. be able to come up with you know solid answer. Um, my question is, do you think Chris Rock would have the support from the black community or the artistic community as a whole if he was to bow out of the Oscars and in result face some kind of financial penalty or fee? Don't answer that now. We answer it when we come back. I'm about to take a break for it. Thanks for listening to Films D Podcast. Pardon this break. We thank you for listening to Films D Podcast. If you're interested in being a sponsor or would like to be featured on a future episode, please feel free to contact us at filmsd at gmail.com. That's F-I-L-M-D-E-E at gmail.com. Thank you. You're a Jedi like Finn. Thank you. Sorry, I was just uh, having a sidebar here with Joe. Um, we had uh, some technical difficulties in addition to delivery of our meal for the evening. Nobody knows what I'm talking about. And, Charles and over here in the corner sleeping. I'm awake. This guy, he, you, he got family. the itis, though. We just ate. But before, Charles, you, I repeated the question. You recall? Mm-hmm. Before we uh, took our break, there was a question. Mm-hmm. Do you think Chris Rock would have the support of the black community? If he canceled his appearance at the Oscars and lost money as a result of it. Yeah. I think you think would. everybody would be like tapping his pockets on a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe? Like, yes, he would have the support. And that decision has nothing to do with whatever he's going through. That's mainly him making the decision. And are the folks who support him, will they support him? I think they would. Um. Do you think there's a reason for people not to? Nah, I'm not saying that. I, I'm just asking a very uh, more so kind of cause and effect type of question where in the event that this is something that he w- is considering, let's say he does, or he needs the motivation, does he have it? Does he have the support? It's funny. if you, I watched Quentin Tarantino's... Uh, Golden Globe speech? Nah. Um, he was on Sway in the Morning. Wait, was it was it Tarantino on Sway? What was it? Yeah, he, he did Sway. It was a Tarantino. I was why I was watching some something whatever, and somebody was doing an impression of Chris Rock. Like the skit already rolls, the skit already writes writes itself. No, not one, not one black nomination. Not even one. I'm pretty sure it was, Tar- it was either Tarantino, 
or somebody else white doing an impression of Chris Rock. Hulk. Yeah, yeah, it was Jimmy Fallon. There he was. Was it Kevin Hart? Kevin Hart was on that night. I don't yeah, think was, I don't was. think I don't think he was there when Jimmy Fallon did it. He did. It was like his uh, opening monologue. Yeah, so Jimmy Fallon did an open monologue of his impression of Chris Rock hosting the Oscars after not one black person was nominated. Like, so I don't. I think he would have the support of the of the community. Yes, I would definitely agree with that. Um, of course, like when something like that happens, I feel like. Uh, there's always gonna be some people that was like, well, no, nah, because you know he got whack when he started doing them grown up movies and all. But overall, I still think Chris Rock definitely has a uh, strong support in in, in uh, the African American community, and especially he's he's very highly respected. I feel like in Hollywood, uh, especially amongst comedians. Um, Have you guys taken time to? Uh Watch top five. You seen top five? Yeah, this that, was a good movie. You seen it on Amazon? Next thing, next thing I was about to say, like top five was about this type of thing. Subject, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like his serious roles versus his like his uh, like him comedic Hammy the Bear you know versus him. What was the film that he did about the Haitian Revolution or something uh, like that? Tucson. Right. L-O-H-A. So, like, yeah, nobody was, like, feeling that. But, yeah, it was about the Haitian Revolution. Right. Yeah, so, like, but people are gravitated to him wearing a bear suit, men acting a fool. <clears throat> and so it's like, he can't get recognized for the meaningful stuff, but he's getting recognized for the crazy stuff, which is exactly what we were just talking about. Black actors and actresses getting nominated for the crazy role of precious and, and a slave and well, Chris do you have any I didn't get a chance to ask you any kind of more so um uh, type of questions that I ask first timers on the podcast okay I want to take this opportunity to ask you questions that I ask first timers on the podcast Chris aka Citizen X right Citizen X <laughs> Oh, thank you. Oh. What are some of the uh, films that you've most recently watched on line, like Netflix, Hulu, Crackle, okay. YouTube, Vimeo, Facebook? <laughs> Vimeo. Twitter. Um, man. MySpace. World My Star. <laughs> World Star. Yeah. Hey, World Star's documentary in Chicago wasn't yeah, yeah, actually, it's, it's, it's documentary was quite good. Um, Let me see. Last movies I watched. Well, I finally saw uh, that um, Chirac movie. I knew you was gonna say that. I don't know why. I just, I just hesitation. Just the hesitation. Finally saw that. Proud of it. Speaking about documentaries, quote unquote, about Chicago. It it was not a documentary. No, I know. I'm, I'm kidding. (laughs) Not even remotely close. Um. What'd you think of it? If that, <laughs> since you brought it up, I, I have okay. A very, very strong opinion about this. Okay, all right. So, uh, I this I feel like there's two sides to this. Um, I'm watching this from the point of view of somebody who works with youth in Chicago public schools, um, people that deal with gun violence on a personal level that have lost brothers, mothers, sisters uh, to that sort of thing. And then I also watch it from the standpoint of somebody, you know, who writes and wants to make films. Um, So I will start with the filmmaker. (laughs) Um, I just I didn't like the dialogue like that. Uh, Very, very old style. It 
it I, I felt the movie lacked a very it lacked authenticity as Perfect far as word for it. Yeah, as far as Chicago culture, the way people speak to each other and and talk, it it wasn't authentic at all. Um he he used some nice locations, uh some nice, you know, nice places in Chicago, but the characters were not reflective of anyone I know in Chicago. And I and I know people from all walks of life. Um as far as um what was I gonna say? It was the dialogue that was bad. Um, casting, fe- casting. <laughs> you know the funny thing is Nick Cannon wasn't terrible. Right? No, I he wasn't. Him. I didn't I, hate he, him either. I, I didn't want to say this. Like I, I, did I didn't. Hate Nick I was about to. He, he, he had was, a couple funny moments in my opinion. He that did. Was kind of like yeah. I, I maybe was, it was the wrong take that they decided to edit <laughs> into the film. I think maybe he had a better one. They just chose a bad one. Exactly. I, I I definitely would say like he did a hell of a lot better than I expected him to, um, especially musically. Uh, I mean, but at the same time, it's like uh, if it's a movie about Chicago and you wanted to include drill music, you sh- it's a, a trillion and one rappers here uh, that he could have. That was but Nick Cannon, right? That that weren't Nick Cannon. People that actually, you know, could probably, you know, do something in the industry other than just be there. Um, sorry, but Nick. he couldn't because of that. Uh, um, um, what'd you think of Sam Jackson's? <laughs> uh, you mean Uncle Tom Part Two or or whatever? I don't know. Like I, I, I didn't particularly like. <sighs> He, I feel like okay. He might as well been saying this is Candyland. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like okay, with the bright ass suits and and all of that. Okay. okay. But it, I'm uh, sorry, but I'm I'm gonna say this, and I I mean this in a nice way. <laughs> I don't want to say Sam. Well, how how much more can we see him possibly do as an actor? You know, I have to give him a hats off. He he's he's, he has he's keeping steady work. I mean, he, he keeps working. Uh, yes, I mean, unlike I'm not knocking his hustle, but how as an actor, right? What's in your wallet? As an actor, I would want to see him just being Sam Jackson doing commercials like the Capital One commercials <laughs> with him True. and okay. Spike Lee and Charles Barkley just right. doing commercials and. Notice Spike Lee I got that after he made Chirac. Huh? I said notice Spike Lee got that after he made Chirac. But anyway, um, I feel like, okay, hmm. and here's something else. I, I realize a lot of people may not agree with me on this. Uh, as a filmmaker, though, I do feel like um, the movie would have been fine if it was named anything else but Chirac. If, he, if, if it wasn't supposed to be a... If it wasn't supposed to be what he was trying to make it, I almost could be like, okay, it had a few little like you know humorous parts in there. I actually kind of chuckled at, but like overall, it was just it was ridiculous. I felt like I was watching a, a circus, and then my thing is from the from the filmmaker side of things, I felt like he, I felt like he was he was salty. Um, I don't know how many of you all know he got it. He it was a big thing with him and Quentin Tarantino last year, or was whatever year Django was was nominated. Um, he got into a Quentin Tarantino about that. You know, you disrespecting my ancestors and and all of that sort of thing. And I felt like because there wasn't either there was 
backlash from other black people or black a lack of black people also feeling the same way, he decided to try and emulate that kind of Quentin Tarantino outlandishness in Chirac. Um, which you're not Quentin Tarantino, so we don't no one expects that from you. No one like you can't just kind of pop up and try and do that with, mm-hmm. with, you know, a movie like that. And then especially when you market it, um, as like it's a documentary, like it's something that's very serious, um, that's gonna be very introspective. And then when it comes out, it's it's a comedy. And then you constantly say, Well, it's a satire. But if you look up the definition of satire, it, it includes the terms humorous and comedic in the very definition. So you saying it's not a comedy is illegitimate. Um, and then from the side of uh, someone who works with these kids, I thought it was disrespectful. Um, and he, his thing was, well, you think Jennifer Hudson and all these people let me? And it's like, well, if it was presented to them in the way that it was presented to the rest of everyone, we all probably thought it was going to be a very serious look at Chicago and what's going on. And it's like, you kind of, you, you dropped the ball. I feel like everyone was expecting a, a phenomenal, very deeply rooted, deeply grounded story um, that, you know, kind of actually kind of uh, investigated some of the the real things that are going on. Cause it, it was a it was a really really big problem with me um, that in the film there there was a scene basically um, when they were when the the gangsters were getting their guns whatever and like it really just made us seem like everyone in Chicago we're just all naturally violent we're all you know like the violence is completely our fault a hundred percent he doesn't you know doesn't go on, it, it's like he didn't do any of his research even though he was swear up and down he did. I don't know where he did it at. Um, um, I mean, because I, I know, I know, for, I know he was he was around. He was with Father Flager and Saints of Minor for a long period of time. Um, and and I also found it interesting that Father Flager was the only serious part of that whole film, um, for the most part, to me. Right. Um, that the part uh, with uh, John Cusack to me was one of the only scenes that really actually struck an emotional chord. That entire film. That was the only scene that I felt anything. Um, I like the way they cut that scene too. Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't was, traditional Spike. It just didn't feel like a Spike idea, I don't, or <laughs> it was a Spike idea he had kept wanting to, to utilize, but he never really worked with it like that. And that worked. How? No, I think he did do that. I think he used that concept in the film with um, Kerry Washington and Anthony Mackie. Oh, uh, she, got, she, she got she happy. Yeah. She got happy, yeah. No, she hate me. She hate me. She hates oh, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, she wasn't, and she got happy. No, yeah. Uh, the lesbians. Yeah, the lesbians. Yeah. All right. Um. So let. Wait. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, 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 um, but yeah, I just I just wanted to to say from the from the aspect of somebody who works with the kids and stuff like that, uh, I, I I really I was really disappointed. Like I said, that he didn't go into any of the the deeper issues, uh, especially like with the guns. What I was gonna say, 
um, there are people in Chicago who, like, I've heard conversations, I've heard people say, like, the the very police department that supposedly, quote-unquote, here for our protection is the very same group of people that supply guns to to the gangs and the entities that create the violence. Um, so it's not a wholly just thing that, oh, just black people are violent and that's why all of this is going on. They're also not talking about the fact, I, I also saw nothing about the fact there were, what, hundreds of public schools closed in in, in Chicago? No, it was uh, or, 50. 50. That, I mean, that's still a lot. And yeah, then, but yeah, yeah. And then the fact that, like, those kids that had to switch schools, now these kids from other neighborhoods have to walk through other gang territories and stuff to get to school. And then, you know, it was, it's just, it's so many uh, levels and layers to things that he never even addressed or even brought up. It, they just weren't on the radar that I, I really think it was just a completely inaccurate representation overall. Um, poorly written, um, poorly researched, and poorly executed. So, Charles, you were going to offer up your take on Chirac, I take it? Yes. Okay. We, we, we're, we're going to uh, soapbox on Chirac this morning. Yeah, I think, so, that's, I think that's a, that's it's a good time to do that. Um, so, finally saw the movie. Um, and this opinion is kind of a conglomerate of a few of my friends um uh, opinions on it and that I, I finally came up with something for my own. Um me and my roommate my roommate by the name of uh Elgin Bokari. Um he pref he prefaced it like this. The movie Chirac was not meant for us. As in it the good intention that Spike Lee had. Because I think, can we all agree that he that he had good intent, uh, supposedly without money or corruption, whatever it is, to get paid? Do you think, Do we, can we agree that he still had a good intent of trying to do something good based upon his past track record? Can you can you all agree, at least agree, kind of agree to that? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so. No comment. Okay. I would say not necessarily. But I, I, but like the idea of raising awareness about violence, about what it is, so we could possibly do something. It just what he did it just didn't work. But I feel think there was some good he was trying to go for. In if the show. forward, it it helped. It was a great conversation topic right. mm-hmm. that opened up the topic of conversation right. into more in depth right. Right. issues so, in and around. So the idea of theme like Nick, that he addressed in the film. Right. So they, so the reason why with the drill music and Nick Cannon's character, what it is, is what he's, with the, what he's bringing up is that if we see that movie, we know all this, we know everything that's going on is what we know. We know exactly what he's talking about when it comes to the violence, when it comes to the death when the, of, of the kids and things of this nature. So it's like, all we can really kind of pay attention to is like the really bad stuff about the film itself. But mm-hmm. the idea is for someone who is living that life that Nick Cannon is, someone who is Nick Cannon's character in real life, to see the snowballing effect of what his or her actions are. So it's like hopefully the message gets across. The problem is that all of that gets lost 
and me personally, yes, I yes. feel like the message gets lost in this glorified porno. And that's a good way to sum it up. It, it was it, a it, it got it the message got there it, were a lot of moments in that film where I was constantly watching it and saying, All right, maybe maybe at this moment right. whatever so, whatever message he's trying to make is gonna sorry. be made out at this point in right the movie. like like because like i said there were there were moments where you're like okay this there's there's potential it's yep. like so angela bassett scene oh so yeah father flager's me- message that you brought up Chris. oh yeah like um even 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 the last scene oh yeah when, when nick cannon turned himself yeah. into the base yeah the, I, the, there was a moment for a tearjerk there like the, like mm-hmm. i so there's so those moments and 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 jennifer hudson scenes you know so those mm-hmm. were the good scenes that were meant for those people but it's like you can't it's hard to connect to this you couldn't if because five minutes ago, ago there was a scene absurd as ever, oh my man. god like the scene when they're like the, the sex scene between nick and yeah Could you was imagine a- being in a movie theater with your mom and then <laughs> the it goes pitch black and there's just orgasm noises on the screen do you know how awkward that is like i feel like you can't it's like it's like hip hop in the '90s, whatever it is. When old folks say, "Oh, they just cussing, they just cussing, they cussing," when we actually know he's saying something, but all they hear is the cussing. Yeah. All they hear is is, is what he looked like, but he actually had some message. And so, what you did was you what you did is exactly what adults do to children who are misunderstood. When a child is lashing out, when a kid is acting up in class, and you're only demonizing him for what's on the outside, but you aren't really listening to what he's saying. With the film, he's trying to say something, but it ain't being heard because it's being overshadowed by so much other crap. The dialogue is crappy. I did like it; just didn't work. Like the whole pro style, it just didn't work. So you're lost in it because I can't take it seriously on a very, very, very serious subject. This movie would have worked if it wasn't one of the, the movie may have worked if it wasn't on a serious subject. If you had took something else and made this, people the satire could have been forgiven. You know what I'm saying? And like, and then also I do get the message of America's obsession with sex. Like the whole scene with when Lysistrata. Uh, character goes to the base and she's like messing around with the old general and like he's sitting on oh, the yeah. like that was all right so clearly that was a picture white dude in a confederate draws sitting on a big ass gun right america's obsession with sex and guns that's the metaphor but it's really hard to get that across when to get to this moment is some crazy sex shit you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like you could have in, you could have brought sex in, you could have used it as a metaphor, but dialed it back just a bit. So I feel like it all gets less less than it, Lo- get lost in it. But we Sin- know Sin- Sin- style, man. I know, but like, it's it's too serious of like people. We know kids is dying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We know these kids. These are our, these are our students. These are our brothers and sisters. So like, I can't I can't separate that. Some people some people some people. The people. This movie was for people who who are able to separate the satirical thing from the reality of this, because like maybe they're not they're not so close to the reality. But by us Chicagoans being so close to reality, to these things, yeah, I I can't I can't find the humor in that. 
It's kind of like it's kind of like showing Jessica Jones, um, screening it at a meeting of rape survivors. Yes, I think now I get it. I I see what you're saying. See, what I'm saying it's like hmm. they know they they don't need to know about all this, but and so and then uh, us being the loud voice, the movie the movie the message gets lost, and no one wants to speak of this movie ever again. You know what I'm saying? And oh, from a filmmaking span, from a filmmaking standpoint. If we if were able to hop out of it, cinematically was gorgeous. Yeah. Cinematically beautiful. Yeah. The, the actual acting, aside from the lyrics, was amazing. Yeah. Um, the main character, she was dope. Jennifer was dope. John Cusack was dope. Nick Cannon was good. So you had you had room for goodness, but it was just too much. It just didn't work. And I feel like it got lost. So the reason why I said the movie is not for us is that there's a hope that who it was supposed to be for, the message gets across. Hopefully you're paying attention by the end of the movie how your actions cause these many consequences. Hopefully it works. Because if it works, more power to it. Great. But if, but it's there's very you have left not that much room for that to happen. Because you just had to sit through an awkward moment of hearing orgasm noises and cut them damn lights off and shit like that. Like, uh, like I don't even know how I can wrap it up, man. <laughs> I don't even know what to wrap it up around. Yo, wrap it up with a freestyle. Actually, yo, man. <laughs> I forget that Citizen X is also a rapper. Citizen X. Um, I got to give props to Citizen X. X. He's multifaceted, multi-talented, and he's doing it all. He's writing scripts. He's writing lyrics. He's producing tracks. Man, I don't even know what kind of category to put. Really? <laughs> really? Really? That's, I don't that's, even that's know what kind of skin category, category right to put there. you in, other than like the childish Gambino black no, nerd category. I'm a, like, I'm that's where, you, that. that's I, I where like, you gotta go. That's where you go. Okay. Yeah, I, I like Gambino. Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, that's perfect. But um. I think we're going to send off this episode, one, by letting everybody give a drop, and then two, give you an opportunity to drop your mixtape, because I didn't want you to set the spot on fire, but you do <laughs> have a song. No, I just, we got haters yeah, in the studio. Yeah. But, um, uh, so the name of this track is called Supreme, produced by uh, Yaron Kabashi. Shout out to Yaron Kabashi. Uh He's, he's a, a friend of mine, uh, produced this track. It's actually my first uh, original, completely original track uh, on, on a beat that's only mine. It's not a, you know, it's not an industry beat. Uh, so it's definitely a, a track that's uh, very important to me. Um, it's called Supreme. Um, if you're looking for me on uh, social media, you can hit me up on pretty much CitizenX88, anywhere you, you want to find me. Same thing for my SoundCloud. I got a few tracks on there, and yeah. And we're going to put you on ours, Films D. Um, definitely thank you for giving us the opportunity to play your music, first and foremost, bro. Super, um, super, and super, thank super. you for anybody who's listening to the podcast all the way through to the end to hear Citizen X track. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Raising.
in the rays of the sun, trained on the tracks, looking through the window, pain making me numb. Shots ring at a call to the young son of Adam. See, I'm Adam from every angle. Check the GMS and some methods, get a glimpse of my halo. Spoke to the sun of the sun, and he told me that I'm able to make a difference. Just listen to Souls of Solomon, crying through the hearts of the fatherless. Never knew what an abbot is, only knew the opposite of those who opted to be out, popping shots at the cops. If the cop a couple dollars in, still no baby mamas whose kids go to side of them. I got lights of ignorance, now they innocent, so I'm out of them hands that they throw like a turtleneck collar is. When your phone rings, I hope you get the message. Life say that you skipping class and your ass is gonna learn this lesson. That's supreme, that's supreme, that's supreme. That's supreme. I'm so damn sick of struggle. Guess I need a triple double to double up on my hustle. May stumble, but never crumble. Try to rumble, leave you with rubble. Them runs just in a ramble. They babble, just sound like sample. That's why they talk about they ammo and stay rock, rock, rocking that camo. Say they about that change and they never changing the channel. Real niggas is open choppers. They lumberjacking for flannel. Vibrant and vicious, you know why I hang. Vexing with vocab, you know how I bang. No west side, no west coast, south side, but I've been cold. Never move away, but I've been dope. So I'm copycat, nigga, nigga, tenfold. When your phone rings, I hope you get the message. Life say that you skipping class and your ass is gonna learn this lesson. That's supreme. That's supreme. That's supreme.